Some things come naturally to SAFM, SAFM. like being SA's news and information, information leader. leader. SAFM, 104 to 107. Thank you, Anne, for that news update and welcome to it. This is In Tune. Today it's with me, Asanda Matsaunyane. I'm in for Naledi Muleo. A rainy day it is today uh, in uh, Gauteng and I guess this goes with our topic for today because it's not a very positive one. We're asking, is South Africa facing a basic education crisis? Well, welcome to South Africa's news and information leader. You can call us on 0891-104-208 or SMS 34701. You can find us on Twitter as well at SAFM Radio is our handle. Is South Africa facing a basic education crisis? That's what we're trying to unpack and to help us do that is uh, Professor Sovas van der Berg, who is Professor of Economics at the University of Stellenbosch and holds the National Research Chair in the Economics of Social Policy. A very good afternoon to you, Professor. Good afternoon. We're also joined by Tsepo Mutsepe, who's the General Secretary of Equal Education. Afternoon, Tsepo. Afternoon, well, let me start with you, Professor van der Berg. Are we facing a basic education crisis, and can we generalize this question, or does it go differently with, uh, you know, different provinces? Because we've seen, I mean, if we look at the recent metric results now that have just come out, your, uh, you know, uh, province, if I can call it your province in the Western Cape, has performed very well. So can we say that this is a general question that applies to all different uh, provinces? I think one can say so, yes, and I think one can say so not only now, but that one could say so uh, for very many years that our basic education system is in uh, in crisis. Uh, One sees that, for instance, if one looks at other measures, not only the metric results. Uh, For instance, if one looks at uh, studies that have been done at the primary school level, which find that uh, a very low proportion of South African students are actually able to read well in their home language by grade five, only about 40% uh, can do so. And that means that uh, a large proportion of our children are not, uh, uh, do not have the foundation on which they can build for further education. So there is a, a, a basic education crisis in that sense. Uh, some things have been improving, but they improving slowly, and it's... Uh, uh, also inconsistent across provinces, but uh, particularly b- between urban and rural areas. So in the deep rural areas where most of our poor people live, uh, the quality of education is generally uh, still quite bad, and uh, very f- uh, many children simply do not ha- uh, stand a, a proper chance of uh, achieving good uh, results in the trick and going on to university studies, for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. And that obviously has also implications for uh, their long-term future. Let's bring you in, uh, Tsepo, here. When we talk about that lack in foundation, when it comes to primary schools, uh, as General Secretary of Equal Education, we, you know, some of the studies that uh, Professor is talking about, uh, Professor van der Berg, and we know that from the, some of those studies, uh, primary schools are, are less likely to be visited by even district managers. So even that kind of support from education departments is lacking. What, what's the reason? Well, part of the reason that the lack of support uh, from the from uh, education officials whom I normally call, call the seats because they look so well and they're the same people that always constantly are telling us that they're frustrated with the critique because they want us to celebrate the, the perpetual 
those inequalities that continue to plague, plague the education sector is that majority of them have no interest in trying to support teachers. Instead, what happens is that every time there's a critique level against the education system, there is this finger pointing of saying the teacher is the problem, but at the same time we turn around and say, actually, we do need teachers. And teachers themselves have said they would like to receive support. But you see, one of the things that you must also be, be wary of is to paint the, the, the crisis within the education system and just say the crisis that is that is perpetual and we need to you know, deal with it in that way. But we need, we need to also locate it within the inequalities that exist within the system, where poor working class, majority still black learners continue to, to, to be rendered uh, uh, unfortunate by the education system. That's increasing the levels of poverty and unemployment within the, the African uh, population. So I, I, I think you know part of the problem is to, to have these large uh, district of uh, offices, these large uh, uh, offices that are filled by people who majority of them don't even know what they're doing. We're talking, is South Africa facing a basic education crisis? Speaking to Professor van der Berg, a professor of economics at the University of Stellenbosch, and Tsepo Mutsepe, who's General Secretary of Equal Education. If you've just joined us, this is In Tune here on SAFM. I'm Asanda Matsaunyane. We'll be back after this. Show's so good, we won't blame you if you can't pick a favourite. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. In tune it is here on South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Asanda Matsaunyane. In for Naledi Muleo today. A good afternoon to you. And we're talking is South Africa facing a basic education crisis. Speaking to Professor Savas van der Berg and Tsepo Mutsepe. Uh, Professor, before we took the break, uh, Tsepo mentioned the, you know, one of the uh, contributing factors of being inequalities. And if we talk about poverty, Professor, how does poverty really impact on our basic education crisis that we have in South Africa? Africa? It impacts in a number of ways, uh, but uh, and, and one has to acknowledge that uh, it is much more difficult for children from poor backgrounds uh, to do well at school, given uh, that often their parents are not educated cannot, or cannot uh, offer the same resources as uh, wealthy parents can, nor can uh, do we fi- also we find as well in many of those poor areas, uh, that uh, there are very few books in the home. People are simply not uh, confronted with uh, reading as, uh, as an important resource, which also later becomes uh, important in, in the uh, learning process in school. Uh, so all of that contributes, but one has to consider that South African uh, poor children are not poorer than those in some of the countries surrounding us, such as Swaziland. And in Swaziland, we find better uh, reading ability than we do in South Africa. Uh, We find the same thing if one looks at a country such as uh, Kenya, which is far ahead of South Africa, even though it's poorer than South Africa in terms of of learning, uh, as international studies have shown. Uh, So it's not simply a question of... uh, uh, poverty being a problem. Yes, poverty is a problem, but it is also a problem in these countries, and somehow they seem to be able to manage that better than we are. 
Uh, Tsepo, when we talk about, you know, the issue, if we still stick into the topic of or the subtopic of poverty, then we also uh, have to take into consideration the dropout rates. And we know that we have high levels of dropouts. And that's because, you know, if you're coming from an impoverished background as a student, you need to drop out of school to attempt to find work just to survive and to help your family survive. Uh, so when it comes to, to that, uh, you know, the school dropouts, how do we curb this, this issue? How do we tackle it? Well, Asanda, it's a, it's, a, it's a very complex issue when, when you're speaking with the dropout rate. And I think from an educational perspective, one of the things that needs to happen is that uh, the public basic education must be able to support learners. For instance, if you look at KZN and 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 that's where you record a high number of dropouts in those provinces, and these are the three provinces that perform better in the trivial. And one of the key things there that, that, is, that is glaring is the lack of scholar transport, for instance. Well, we still have the majority of our learners working long distances to school. One of the key things that is also uh, coming up there is the lack of adequate school infrastructure. How do we expect our learners to go to school, to go and attend the school where they learn under trees and not expect them to drop out? How do, attend, uh, how do we say to our learners must walk 10, 20 kilometers to school and not expect for them to drop out? But I think one of the other things around the dropout rate is that the lack of retention is also attributed to the uh, education official not being able to, to, to facilitate the support, pro- uh, 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 support process for, for, for primary schools in particular. And our emphasis is on primary schools because the highest dropout rate is recorded in grade 10, but our emphasis is on primary schools because that's where you stimulate young people uh, to be able to look forward to the next grade, to look forward to finishing their, 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 their schooling. But Poverty, of, of course, plays a part in the, in, in the dropout rate in the form of young people being able, looking forward to maybe going, going out and looking for jobs. But majority of our families are now starting to reckon that education is some form of a liberator in terms of guaranteeing job opportunities and being able to, to succeed in life. Therefore, I don't think there's any poor family that will encourage a young person to drop out of school and go look for a job. Under, under difficult circumstances, I can imagine that to be the case. But I don't think it's, 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 it's quite prevalent. Is it maybe that one of the reasons or one of the problems that we have in our uh, education system is that we're not open to alternative ways of schooling? For example, if, you know, if, a, if a learner, like you say, that support you mentioned, Seppo, that if a learner drops out, then we can look at other ways that they don't have necessarily to be you know, in a classroom from nine in the morning until whatever the time is, two o'clock in the afternoon if they can't. If they have to work, then looking at alternatives like you know, night schooling, uh, you know, any other types of ways that uh, we can look. Is, is the department open to that, and maybe that could be one of the reasons that we, we are in the crisis we're facing. Well, I think, look, alternatives are, are an important step in trying to, to fix uh, some of the problems that we have. But the biggest alternative that we have is the use of uh, achievement colleges that we seem to be, to be to, you know, the state seems to be looking over them and just flocking our young people there who do drop out of grade 10 or who leave uh, the, the, the mainstream schooling. And, and, and no one is actually paying attention. The Department of Higher Education, we must be honest, has failed in terms of trying to get uh, pivot colleges in the past 10 years to be recognized, to be reputable, to be supported, to be centers of excellence, particularly for, for many young people who drop out of, of, who want to go to pivot colleges to, to learn skills and become skills-based carpenters and all, the, all those things. And then those that want to look forward to getting bachelor's and diplomas, finishing up great tours. We haven't done that. But... The other thing that I think in terms of alternatives we haven't explored is, 
inculcating a culture of of learning within within the, the schooling system that just does not look at you know getting a qualification and then going to the job market. We've also not looked at alternatives to equipping our learners with skills to, to think outside of the educational processes. But I think in, in, in that way, with what we have, we have not in fact even started to fix what we have before we could look forward to, you know, creating new alternatives within the school system. Mm-hmm. Professor Van der Berg, let's come back to, you know, uh, well, let me read an SMS actually before I come to you, Professor. This is from Fano. Uh, in Ngobo, uh, or Fano Ngobo in Cape Town. Asanda, perhaps th- we need to start running the public schooling system as a business and with a problem uh, or a proper business plan. Private schooling system has gotten the concept right. Can we be running schools and all schools like a business, Professor? Uh, I'm afraid that that is probably a little optimistic in terms of, uh, of, of what is, is possible in a, in a public system, but also what is possible on such a large scale. Um, the one has to remember that it is very difficult to uh, measure, for instance, the performance of a teacher. Uh, a teacher teaching a class of weak learners or uh, learners who have uh, great uh, uh, backlogs in terms of financial resources, etc., uh, uh, such a teacher is in a completely different position from a teacher who teaches in a urban school where uh, there are uh, many facilities and or, and people are exposed uh, to reading all, uh, all the time and very often parents are much more educated. So uh, making comparisons uh, and, and, and measuring the uh, the performance of teachers is a very difficult thing as uh, is acknowledged all across the world. And uh, as a result of that, it's very difficult to run such a system on uh, basic business principles. That does not mean that we cannot improve uh, much of our management uh, systems in school. Uh, we are trying at the moment uh, to study that particular aspect uh, of management in schools because we think it is a crucial factor to ensure that uh, teacher resources are better utilized mm. uh, to give us good results in terms of, uh, of learning outcomes. Well, we're asking, is South Africa facing a basic education crisis here on Intune in, on SFM? Call us on 0891104207 or SMS34701. We'll read more of your SMSs after this break. There's no topic too hot for us to handle. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. Show's so good, we won't blame you if you can't pick a favourite. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. 21 minutes past 12, it is, and this is in tune here on SAFM with me, Asanda Mazzaunyane, asking, is South Africa facing a basic education crisis? Speaking to Professor Savas van der Berg and Tsepo Mutsepe, we've got a caller, uh, and you call us from here in Joburg in this wet weather. Yeah, it is very wet. Yeah. But, you know, it's incredibly easy to teach young children as young as four years old to read in English. Mm-hmm. You can do it one-on-one. There are thousands of wonderful little books that you can do it with. And if you just spread that idea through the country, because uh, after all, it's what Zimbabwe got ahead on was uh, was English. So I think we're stuck on the politically correct thing of own language, because there are too many own languages. And they can do own language, you know, dancing, singing, anything. 
But the basic, very simple teaching a young child to read, write, talk in English is Mm -hmm. not difficult, and it could spread like wildfire. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your call, Anne. Well, Anne is, is bringing an issue there of how we can encourage reading and maybe moving away from, uh, you know, we've mentioned the, the, you know, the teacher support, we've mentioned the, the learners themselves. So maybe bringing in then the issue or the, the responsibility of the parent and how they should, uh, in their own way, be encouraging reading amongst uh, young people. Professor? Professor, no. professor, did you hear the, the yes, comment there? Uh, sorry, I, I lost you for a moment. Uh, no, I, I think that is uh, ex- extremely crucial. Uh, the, uh, the fact is that very many parents in our society do not uh, play a large enough role in ensuring that uh, children learn. Uh, and one can understand that uh, because many of the parents themselves are not uh, very highly educated. They may not know... Uh, uh, may not have exposure to uh, uh, good schools themselves, so they really do not know what to expect of schools. But I think it is, uh, uh, it, it is crucial that we uh, ensure that children can read by the, by the time they reach grade four, because from grade four, uh, most learning takes place through reading. Mm. So up to in the first three years, you learn to read, uh, but beyond that, you have to read in order to learn. Uh, and reading then becomes uh, important, and one has to put a lot of emphasis on that. And parents can uh, assist in that in that manner by simply uh, uh, investigating whether their children can read. Uh, it is a relatively simple matter, and I think it is uh, something that uh, if they find that uh, uh, their children can't read by uh, age nine or ten. Uh, then it is something that they should take up with the, uh, the authorities and with the school itself. So at the moment, we don't find enough of that happening. We find that in middle-class households, yes, and in middle-class schools. But when one looks at schools uh, serving the poor, we unfortunately have far too little uh, parent input. And, of course, there are circumstances which, makes it, uh, which make it more difficult to do so. Uh, for instance, if the... Uh, the time pressure, uh, uh, and so forth. But nevertheless, it is something one would uh, like to see more of. Hmm. Peter, you call us now from Protea Glen. Good afternoon to you. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And you? Fine, thanks. Um, my concern is the issue around the admission, especially in the varsity. Currently, for now, it seems like the varsity are shifting goalposts. The reason I'm saying this is because of last year, if you take example for for why forest. For a learner to be admitted to a certain course, you find that maybe 26 APS. Now, currently, things have changed, become 30, 31. Now, the learners, I think that is also creating a problem where learners will, we're going to find a situation where most of the learners that we think have passed right we're not, are not going to be accepted in universities. What, uh, what does the professor think about that? All right, we'll give a professor a chance to, to answer. Let's take Pete, um, Andre now from uh, Port Elizabeth first. Afternoon, Andre. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, uh, Professor Van Berg and uh, the other guests there. Tsepo Mutsepe. Yeah, no, I, I agree that um, I think we've got a basic education crisis on our hands. I think the uh, the recent research report, as um, put out by uh, the Stellenbosch Research Unit there, as the professor will know, they alluded to the, uh, the five binding constraints in education. 
the poor uh, teacher sub- subject knowledge, the weak institutional capacity in the in the schools and in the districts, in the department, in the state, in fact, the undue union influence, and the mere fact is that uh, the prioritization of early grade reading, as they put it correctly this morning, uh, you know, between uh, grade zero to grade three, the foundation mm. on which everything is based. Unless we get those things right, I am absolutely convinced the politicians and educationists can talk themselves blue in the face. Unless we get those things right, nothing will happen in the system. You know, and we will see the kind of outputs with regard to matric exams that we see now. But the matric results is only the result of something that's been coming on for a long time, that poor foundation on which everything is based, grade zero to grade three. If we can't get it right there... You know, if we must teach our children reading to learn and from there onwards learning to read for the rest of their lives, mm. if we can't get it right, then this country is facing a mammoth, mammoth challenge, you know, staring, staring something in the face that is um, absolutely, you know, that we will have to, to look out in the future for. Thank you okay. for your call. Thanks so much, Andre. Uh, Professor, let's start. Or let me start with you, Tsepo Mutsepe. Let's, uh, let's address uh, Peter from Protea Glenn's question or call there about the admissions at, va- at university level. When we look about, you know, and when we look at the effects that even basic education can have and, and how long lasting and how, you know, they can even affect one in later life. He's talking about that later life, uh, of, you know, being affected there when even the admissions in varsity are causing a lot of you know, learners to to lose hope, even at the beginning stages. Is this the case, Seppo? Well, I think universities themselves uh, have a right uh, through their Senate to review the admissions criteria and admission points. And this is largely based on the information that they gather around the strength or, or the weakness of a particular cohort of learners within the education system in that particular year. But also, it's also used to, to make sure that they try and balance the numbers. Uh, so it, it's some form of a quality assurance, I think, on their part. But nothing, what universities should never do, and this is very important, is for universities to, to divert from the transformation agenda of admit, admitting a large number of black students, and particularly uh, female uh, students, into key uh, uh, courses such as engineering or your sciences, uh, because then, that, then they would have failed the country. But I think what's, what's important in, in, in what the caller raised is how does the schooling system prepare learners to be able to make choices and those, uh, whichever choice they make, they get accepted into that. And I think there's consensus now around the country, which is, which is good finally, that metric results do not matter. What matters most is how we start our children. Because one of the things that you said in our statement recently before the metric results were released is that what we are going to see, we are going to see an injustice that has been continuing for 22 years into democracy where we, we praise matriculants that we actually cannot look back and see what type of foundation learning they had. Because had we got that right, we would have been verified. And I think the crisis in education in South Africa is not necessarily a crisis of the entire education system. It's a crisis that is rooted in primary schools, and we have neglected our primary schools. We have neglected a, a large number of female teachers, women who are teaching in primary schools. We've neglected them, and mm-hmm. we've neglected a large number of our learners. 
as we go along into what's celebrating the trip as well. Let me read a few SMSs now from our listeners. Education in South Africa will never be good because the teachers are not themselves making themselves available at the nation's libraries. That's from James. Uh, the burning of libraries and chant liberation before education did untold damage. Another SMS reads, a basic education should be available to every six to eight-year-old and presented by trained teachers. By this I mean people who are training to teach the first grades. Evening school classes are not an option here. That's Mariana Lawrence from PE. Another SMS reads, uh, the curriculum is so irrelevant and non-child-centered, it's not surprising that pupils drop out. That's from Anne in the Western Cape. Okay, so those are some of the SMSs. We don't have time to go through all of them. But in closing, Professor van der Berg, let's touch a little bit of what Andre there said in PE about you know the, 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 the study that has come out from the, from the Western Cape. And he speaks about uh, union influence. Let's just touch briefly on this in 30 seconds to wrap. Right. I think union influence has generally been uh, problematic in the education uh, era uh, arena. And I think that is something that uh, one needs to, to work on. But uh, at the same time, I think it, it would be impossible to have a situation where unions uh, do not exist and do not play a role. Okay. So uh, it is incumbent on the authorities to find a way of... Uh, uh, of uh, getting a working relationship with the unions so that we can make better progress. All right, At the we'll moment, leave it there. there is a very antagonistic uh, relationship, and that is bad uh, for everyone. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for. So thank you very much to you, Professor van der Berg, and to you, Tsepo Mutsepe. Thank you.